Yo, what is good? This is your boy, Smoking Jay, the Fantasy Fornicator. And I just want to let you guys know, sign up with Monkey Knife Fight. They will match your first deposit up to $50 when you use the promo code DUBROS. That is D-A-B-R-O-S. Baseball is back. We still got UFC. Basketball is back as well. And football is right around the corner. Make sure you guys log in to monkeyknifefight.com. Download their app. Use the promo code once again, DUBROS. They will match your first deposit up to 50 bucks. That's free money. You can never go wrong with free money. Let's get it, baby. Hello there. This is Richard Dent. You're listening to the Bears, Booze, and the Bros podcast. Welcome back to Bears, Brews, and the Bros. This is your boy, Smoking Jay. In the house with me, I got the bros. You guys already know how that goes. We got fantasy football sweetness in this bitch. We got Doc PLC up in this bitch. And we got the homie, Bogart Scott Free, representing yeah. the GMM network up in this. Yeah, I, I don't leave. No, definitely not. I, I would have yeah, I I I said, <laughs> said special guest, but you know what? You're just like pretty much a regular at this I just point. don't leave. You are not even an extension of the bros. You are just the bro. Yeah. Renegade today, we had to put him on timeout. We had to give him a little spanking, so you guys will catch him on the next one. But for today, we're going to talk a little bit of some relevant football news that's going on. After that, we're going to talk about a super flex league that myself and Bogart are hosting. After that, we are going to touch on a segment. Help me out with the segment again, Bogart. It's called what? It's called with him or against him. There you go. After that, we might throw in a special segment. We'll see how it goes. So first thing up. Let's talk about this trade that went down. The Seattle Seahawks trading for a Jamal Adams, trading a couple of first-round picks, trading a third-round pick, I believe, as well, and McDougald, who I am a fan of. I, I love McDougald. Yeah, he's, he's, not, he's not a bum at all. At all. No. And the Jets, Gugliad, Gase, and all, they get that haul of a package, but they trade away Jamal Adams, who – is this going to be the Legion of Boom Part 2? I don't know, but the Seahawks are all in. What are your guys' takes on this trade? Let's go with, let's go with Bogart first. Okay. And you throw it at whoever you want after. Well, you know I'm rocking my Niner gear, so I'm, I'm a, a lot sour about it, all right? I'm like, if I was to make this, I, didn't, I know my, my verbiage kind of sounded trash there, but the shrooms are starting to mush together now. <laughs> and I will say this. I was sour about it. I was real hot about it because first of all they give up a first and a third and giving up that third probably hurts the Seahawks more next year because that's where they shine they're pretty that organization knows how to diagnose guys in the third round and up right their first round picks are normally in the back of the first round because they're a good team and they normally trade out of it so they essentially got Jamal Adams for like two second rounds and a third because they usually trade back from their first into the second round. That's usually what they do. You know what I mean? So if you look at what they normally do, they basically got Jamal Adams for that, for two seconds and a third. You know what I mean? Yep. But in reality, it's a first next year, a first the following year, and a third this, uh, this next year as well. And then, of course, they're going to have to break the bank on them. They're going to have to make them the highest paid safety. It just sucks for someone like me who's a, a Niner fan, loves George Kittle, George Kittle is arguably our best weapon. Not even our, I wouldn't even argue that. But uh, 
he's going to, you know, Jamal Adams, he erases tight ends. Jamal Adams does it all. He can get out the quarterback. He can yeah. drop in coverage against tight ends. He could play corner. You know what I mean? And he's a phenomenal safety. Like, he's just a – he's a beast. And now we have to deal with him twice. And that kind of makes that defense just that much more relevant because their defense was really bad. But within division, within division, you know what I mean? Like, he's – bro, he's going to wreak havoc. Like, the, the Seahawks already are always in it, in the mix. Pisses me off. Grinds my gears. Uh, go ahead, Doc. What do you? What What is your your instinct? I'm sour. Oh man, I am an unbiased party because I don't care for either team. Uh, Jamal Adams is a great player. I uh, I think they gave up a lot for him though. They did. Um, they really usually, did. I think you pay more for impact players on the defensive line than you do in the secondary because they can make more of an impact more often. So I think they, I think they overpaid a little bit, uh, but I, I think you know they're getting they're getting a solid player and they're gonna obviously get a good contract for him, and they uh, solidify the back end of that defense for you know however long the next five years probably he'll probably get a five to seven year deal. They also love to run a, a bunch of cover three, and in order to do that, you need a safety that can like. Because that means they're going to put their corners on an island. You know what right. I mean? Or on islands. And, like, he's just – he's the eyes in the back. Right. And, like, and yo, he, he's kind of, like, skill set-wise, he's basically Cam Chancellor and Earl Thomas rolled into one. That's pretty good. Yeah. Sweetness, what you got on this? Um, no, I mean, I'm unbiased, too, bro. I mean, I could, I could kind of care less. Um, the Seahawks needed to make a move. They, they definitely overpaid in my eyes. For a guy that doesn't intercept the ball much, he wants to get paid like a defensive lineman. He wants to get paid like a pass rusher, like a top-notch pass rusher. Um, I don't know, they, gave, they gave up a lot to me, man. But the Jets, you know, as soon as they saw that offer, they were, you know, they got a fucking chubby, bro. They were like, yeah, give me all that shit, dude. Like, that was, that was a no-brainer for them, bro. This kid, Jamal Adams, was a headache to them. So, they're like, ready to ship him out of town, man. You know, Joe Douglas, he comes from that uh, – the Aussie Newsom – family tree um, so he's he knows what a good organization does to build you know what i mean because he was a part of that the ravens organization for the past like you know hella years right. so what he's doing right now with the jets is very interesting if you're a jets fan you'll love it because you know i mean he's got all these picks and they've been and they actually knocked their last draft out the park like they filled a bunch of holes because they had a ton of holes all they need to do now is, is have a losing season and then, and then so they can have a reason to fire Adam Gaze and then they're, then sky's the limit. They bring in anybody. So I wanted, to, I wanted to bring up a couple of trades that have happened in the last few years. Jaden Ramsey traded from the Jaguars to the Rams for two first-round picks, 2020 and 2021, and a fourth-round pick in 2021. That's pretty comparable right there. And yeah. I would, I would take Jamal Adams over at Jalen Ramsey myself. Because there's always a ton of corners too. This this Man, type of safety. Yes. Yeah, like I say Derwin James from the Chargers and Jamal Adams, they're they're like they're the they're the uh, the elite of that position right now. You know what Definitely. I mean? And then the next tier is like guys like Minka Fitzpatrick, 
Um, Eddie Jackson. You know, Eddie, yeah, Eddie Jackson. Actually, I want to put Eddie Jackson in the tier, in the top tier. Excuse me. I, I well, forgot I think, about him. Thank you. Bear the fuck down, baby. I think if Eddie, da- if Eddie Jackson up there, I think I Minka had to be there. Because Minka, yeah, Minka, yeah, Minka t- changes the game by himself, bro. It's crazy. Yeah. Let's let's throw some Bears talk real quick. Let's compare this with the Khalil Mack. You know, the yeah. Bears traded away two first-round picks, 2019 and the 2020. And they also threw in a six-rounder in 2019 for Khalil Mack, a second-round pick in 2020, and a fifth-round pick in 2020. So the Bears, compared to these last two trades that I just talked about with Ramsey and with Jamal Adams, I feel like they, they did okay. They actually, Ryan Pace, for once in your life, you yeah. actually yeah, yeah. Well, we 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 got to mention the fact that we're we're talking about a, a elite top notch pass rusher, a guy that can have a, so much more of an impact on the game, as opposed to a safety. And Jamal Adams, he's he wants to get paid like an elite pass rusher, yeah. which sounds crazy. He's really writing his uh, he's writing the fact that he's he's you know consecutive years straight in the Pro Bowl. You know what I mean? And like. I mean, I don't have his numbers in front of me, but he has some sacks. He's not like he's not not getting at the quarterback, like because you know, I mean, they they they'll have him they'll have him down there around the line. And oh, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, I got his numbers right here. Um, oh, yeah. So his rookie year, he had six and a half sacks. That's, that's phenomenal. It's really good. Uh, the last two years, he has a combined five and a half sacks. Okay, so, so and, off. And, and the last two years, you know, it's the difference too is that like. That last year with Todd Bowles, he really that that was when there, that was when uh what's his name Gre- uh Greg Will Greg Williams was still there, oh no no Greg Williams is already gone because Greg Williams he, him and Todd Bowles they love send pressure, but Greg Williams he's a guy that he loves bringing that safety pressure, so that kind of makes sense. As soon as Greg Williams is gone, because two years, yeah two years ago Greg Williams he went over there to the Browns. You know what I'm saying? And uh, remember two years ago, Baker, Baker Mayfield's rookie year, that defense was actually noisy. You know what I mean? Look at last year, Greg Williams, they get rid of him. And then, like, you know, all this, they have all this talent. That, you know what I mean? Like, because Greg Williams, low key, if he didn't do that, that uh, bounty gate, remember that? Oh, shit, yeah. Remember, he, he was the guy responsible for bounty gate. Like, so, like, it kind of stained his reputation because he's one of, he's up there. I put him up there with the Wade Phillips and the, the Vic Fangios of the world. Yeah, you know? yeah. True, true yeah, like that. he's good like that. Okay. So that's our that's our little takes on the whole trade. I feel like Seahawks are, you know, win now mode. Yeah. Uh, that's what it is. Their first round picks, like you were saying earlier, you know, they don't make the best first round selections. They're usually yeah, they usually on those middle to late round draft picks. So yeah. I think it was a good trade for them. Let's talk about Dalvin Cook. So there was a report that said that he would be checking into training camp in this upcoming week. Few hours later, a couple hours later, his agent came out and said that is false. He said, "Hey, he's like, uh, congrats to Coach Zimmer on your contract extension, but as of right now, you know those reports are false. Dalvin Cook will not be reporting into camp. He wants to be a part of the team, but as of right now, that's not possible. So, let's talk about this contract situation and the impact it makes in the fantasy world. So, again, let's go with Bogart first. Go ahead, Brody." All right, damn it! I'm the type of motherfucker. If we, even with all this news, if I'm in the back of the first round and Dalvin Cook's still there, I almost am still gonna take the shot on him. 
And then, but I do on the on the flip side of that, I feel like this news is definitely going to push up Alexander Madison too high. But then also, it could be a Melvin Gordon, Austin Powers, Eckler situation last year, where it was like if you would have just grabbed Eckler in that sixth round, you know what I mean? You were so happy to do that because it worked out. You know what I mean? And like, I don't. I mean, Melvin Gordon straight up said he was going to hold out, so he became like a third round pick. I don't see Dalvin Cook falling that far, farther than like early second round, no matter what happens. And historically, the Vikings, they, you know, they take, I mean, and I'm saying historically because I'm looking at Adrian Peterson, they always took care of him. He's not no Adrian Peterson, but at the same time, it, there's a second round draft capital on him. He has his injury history. He has pluses and minuses that he could use in his leverage, but I think he has no leverage and like, I think they don't want to – I mean, they could they could cap out. Because what do they have in their cap, Smokey? Like, yeah, when I was looking it up. They're, they have about $13 million just over, and he's actually yeah. – that's what he's actually asking for. So. Yeah, and I think they should just give it to him. I mean, unless unless uh, Zimmerman's – or Zimmer, Zimmer Zimmerman. I'm fucking – I'm there. Zimmer, Zimmer, Zimmer. Zimmer, right? So, Coach Z, right? Fucking Zimmer. He just got an extension. So – I don't know how much that's going to eat into the, their their available cap, but I mean, who who look at what Derrick Henry just got? That's what's fucking up Dalvin Cook right now because his agent's probably like, "Yo, you can get that, bro." You know what I mean? And like they they don't really have they're not really paying anybody else. Look, they're paying cousins, they're paying a bunch of linemen, uh, paying a bunch of D linemen, some linebackers. But none of them have break the bank contracts, but they they just seem to be paying a lot of motherfuckers. So that's why they only have thirteen million available. I mean, they, what are they going to do? They're going to cut someone, you know what I mean, to pay a running back when they have Alexander Madison. They're not going to do that. So I don't I don't think they ha- he has any leverage here. So while Dalvin Cook may not have leverage, I think he does have a li- he has a little bit. Because he is such a game changer. He really is. He affects the way, not only on his big playability, his running ability, but you look at what he does for Kirk Cousins. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but Kirk Cousins is an infinitely better player when Dalvin Cook is on the field, when that threat is there. Because defenses have to be prepared for the run. Uh, he's a threat in the pass game, yep. you know, in the play action game, which Kirk Cousins is actually pretty okay at. True. I don't, I don't like Kirk Cousins, but Sounds when like Dalvin Cook is in there, he helps Kirk Cousins look like a decent quarterback. Yeah, so, and he shines. Here's the thing too: when they made Stefanski the guy last year, who was actually a product of Gary Kubiak, and Gary Kubiak's there, so nothing should change much. But they run a zone-heavy scheme, and like when they drafted that athletic tight, uh, that that athletic uh, center last year, Bradbury, I think his name was, and uh, I was like, bro, this is gonna change that line so crazy because Dalvin Cook, when he came to the Vikings, they were trying to run him like a power runner, you know, like power run all day, just like um, they did with Adrian Peterson. But Dalvin Cook was a zone runner in, in, in college, so he's actually shining. Where he, you know, he belongs. He belongs in the system. Yeah. 
don't know, man. They need to pay this guy. No, I, I think they should. I think they should pay him. I agree with you. He adds a different dimension to that backfield. So yeah. definitely he's he's a game changer, and I think they need to pay him. Sweetness, what, what's your take on it? Yeah, I mean, every time I see him run the ball, it looks like he's shot out of a cannon. He's just too yeah. good, man. I think these guys need to – Stop playing with with uh, with him. As far as like we know, he's talented, bro. I just I don't see. But there's there's big time miscommunication there. Obviously, somebody said that they spoke uh, Zimmer and Dalvin Cook, and that never happened. So something's going on, and, and I don't know what it is. But they, they they look like they hold all the leverage, like Bogey said. You know, they look like they're not gonna flinch on this one. So, yeah, especially because um, we were talking uh, in the pre-show. He needs this year of legibility. He needs to play, I believe, a minimum of 10 games. Yeah. So, you know, he doesn't have, okay. like, a whole lot of leverage. Well, let's say that. If he, if he only – if he has to do 10 games to get eligibility, let's put that as a marker. Six games. So, say we're missing him for six games. That's definitely going to drop him to, like, the fifth or sixth round, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe even, like, when would we look at Dalvin Cookman? If, if, we knew, if, if, if we knew for sure he's going to hold out, and we knew that he needs at least 10 games, so we're giving him six weeks to hold out. And does anyone, if you want to look up this, when's the, the Vikings bye week? Because if it's within yeah. the first six weeks, that means we might be without him for seven weeks. You know what I mean? That's a good point. That's a great point, man. And I'm thinking that he'll slide all the way, even seventh round, the latest. I think he can True. slip. I think he can slip far, dude. Honestly, six games? You're missing six, seven games? That's way yeah. too much. Dang. But imagine having Dalvin Cook, like, just for the playoff, playoff run, a healthy Dalvin Cook in a system he knows already. Yeah. I mean, so what's the earliest you see somebody taking him? I mean, fourth, fifth round? Week seven is the bye. Okay, so you would be without him for seven weeks. Mm-hmm. That would be, that would until, be perfect for him to hold out. You wouldn't out. have him until week eight. Yeah. Which so, means, it, as far as fantasy football goes, that can make or break a season. And you guys yeah. know as well with Melvin Gordon, we're going to use him as an example. It took him a you know a handful of games to get eased in, actually. Yeah. So, and, and that would make sense. That's the case. If if I mean if he misses six games, he's a big fade. He's a big fade. Has remember, to be. remember Melvin Gordon too when he, his first game back, they only gave him like a few carries too. You know what I mean? Right, but then when you look at the playoffs, he was producing. I had Austin Eckler and Melvin Gordon both playing because Austin Eckler was still putting up numbers. And yeah, so I think, I think Dalvin Cook, as long as you have faith in your abilities to draft well and do well in picking up free agents, I think it's still worth picking up Dalvin Cook fairly early, even if he misses seven games. How early? Fantasy-wise. How early would you be comfortable with? Second round. Oh, no. Wow. If, I, no. I'm not I can do it. If, he, if you're telling, if you're saying knowingly, I'd rather grab a Clyde Edwards Hilaire then, and then wait for him to get fully acclimated, and he at least he's at least he has flex, he has flex start worthiness, if that's a word. For I, the I feel like I feel like Doc is saying he can get Edwards Hilaire while drafting Dalvin Cook in the second round, regardless, and he can he can just draft good enough after the fact to hold his team up mm-hmm. until Dalvin gets back. I can if see I, that. I can yeah. see that. If I yeah. can get through the first seven weeks. And like give me a, a four and three record. Give me a four and three record. That's enough to bring Dalvin Cook back to anchor down that running back to make the postseason run. 
that's the championship run right there after that. I hope you, right. I, hope, I, see, I see what you mean. I hope you bring that energy to our leagues, bro. I really hope you bring that same energy. It's easier hey, said than done. Kind of scaring me right now. Doc is scaring me. He he seems too. He seems not not even arrogant at all. It's his confidence is so calm. I'm keeping an eye on you, Doc. As the mushrooms are telling me to watch you. <laughs> all right, so let's let's jump into the next thing we're gonna talk about. And what we are going to talk about is the Superflex League that myself and Bogart are hosting. It's called the Smoking and Bogey Invitational. The four of us on here, we are, we are in it, as well as Renegade. We have a bunch of other good accounts under, real good accounts under as well. And we yeah, so phenomenal, like, A phenomenal collection because the Invitational is what it is. It's, it's an Invitational. So we handpicked each competitor, each gladiator, each warrior even. And we yes. and we and we want we want it to be the barn burniest, slobber knockiest league this side of the Mississippi. The cutthroatiest. The cutthroatiest, even. So we yes. got uh so of course we got, you know, myself, we got Bogart, of course, we got the Doc, Sweetness, Renegade. We also got Dougie Smith, touchdown with Doug Smith. We got Jay Hook from from Heart to Start podcast with Kevin Hook, yep. Hooks as well. We also got Joe for Turn Up the Jets. We got your boy, the Guru, as yep. well. We got yep. Shout out to my man, Steamboat Joe, the Guru. We got the plug. You know, we have to have the plug up in there. We got Robbie representing the Rum Boys. You guys already know. Yep. So shout make, out sure, make sure, make sure all these guys, you guys follow on my Instagram. You guys will see plenty of posts. You guys are following all of us on here. You guys will see them in there. So Super Flex League. So sweetness is new to the Superflex League. I got introduced to it last year. Bogart's been doing it for a while. Doc says he's a pro that he's gonna, you know, shut us the fuck Doc, back. Doc's new nickname so, is the Superflex. So Doc, aka Superflex, go ahead and kick this thing off. What do you gotta say about Superflex leagues? What is so different about them when it comes to your regular PPR leagues? Yeah, you're okay. traditional single QB. Okay, for those of you who don't know, Superflex, you can put a QB wide receiver, tight end, running back. You got the full gamut. You can pick what you want. Um, it adds a whole new dimension to fantasy football. A lot of people will say they don't like it because it just turns it into a two-quarterback league. But it doesn't, it doesn't have to be that way. You can pick. You know, you can have two elite wide receivers, whatever you want. I would recommend having it as two quarterbacks. That's just my take. Uh, quarterbacks are the top performers usually. And uh, so it just adds a whole new dynamic when you're drafting your team because you're not used to drafting two quarterbacks, but you should at least go after two solid starters, you know, because if you can have two top 10 quarterbacks on your team, you're off to a good start. And here's the thing too, uh, Smokey, before we go on, uh, before we move forward, can you, can you pull up our scoring format because and our roster construction? Because we well, I'll tell the roster construction. So you got your QB spot like normal. You have three mandatory wide receiver slots. Then you have two regular flex, two regular running backs, one tight end, and then you have your super flex. You got it. So at any given moment, you could even start five wide receivers. At any given moment. You could start four running backs with, you know what I mean? Like if there's so many different ways you can construct your, 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 uh, your, your, your team here. We ixnade the kickers. 
and then our defenses are souped up. And so he'll exp- he'll go ahead and explain the scoring formats. It this sounds like it's going to be a ball. And this is where we, we, we gave a little up to the quarterbacks. So everybody that's used to a point for every 20 passing yards, or every 25, I mean. So every – so if you throw, if your quarterback throws 300 yards, that's 12 points. But in our format, it's 15 points because you're now you're getting a point for every 20 yards passing. So now you don't feel you don't you you feel good about reaching for these quarterbacks. Single QB league, you don't really want to reach for a quarterback. But in this one, not only is it super flex, where you can start two, so now it puts value on them, and we upped. Their 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 uh, point scoring from 25, uh, 25 passing yards for a point to twenty passing yards for a point. On top that of that, that difference. On top of that, we went from four points per touchdown passing touchdown to six. So you know, it's it's a heavy emphasis on a quarterback. That's what a super yeah. flex league is all about because the quarterback position is the most important position in the game. But in a standard league PPR league. The quarterbacks, you guys think about it. People do the late round quarterback strategy. That's really not the way. If you think about it, most people, they want to start a franchise with a Patrick Mahomes, with a Lamar Jackson, one of those type of quarterbacks. But in a fantasy league, you're getting running backs, running backs, receivers, tight ends even before a quarterback. And, yeah. you know, that's why this twist comes in. Go ahead, Doc. I see, I see you want to say something. So do you think that we're going to see – Patrick Mahomes go in the first round. Easy. 100%. Yeah, 100%. He'll go third overall. Like, in Superflex leagues, like, okay, I, I have to do rankings all the time, right? So I, I did my top 200 in Superflex, right? And Patrick Mahomes is my number three. I have, I have CMC, Saquon, and then Patrick Mahomes. Like, so if I was third overall and I'm following my rankings, that's how I'm going to – that's how I would go about it because the, you got to imagine – a lot of the quarterbacks – dude, my bad. My neighbor is hella honking his fucking horn over here. <laughs> Anyways, the, the, the goddamn quarterbacks are all going to be pulled up early, as they should be in a super flex. So a lot of the skill set guys, they're going to get pushed down because of it. True. You know what I mean? I, I can see anywhere from four to five quarterbacks going in the first round of a 12-man super flex. I mean, I, I see at least three. Three, four? Yeah, I'd say maybe the thing is, the thing is, let's say quarterbacks start flying off two out of the first five picks, people will start panicking and people are getting quarterbacks. And by the time that person that grabbed Mahomes with the number three pick, it comes back to him. He has, he he has, you don't even even know who could fall to you at that point. So it adds a a different dimension to your draft strategy. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to provoke, we're also, we also have deeper benches. How many bench spots do we have? Six? I believe it's six. Let me double check, yeah. though. Imagine starting doing? like Patrick Mahomes and Matt Ryan or something. Crazy shit like that, dude. Yeah, we got six. That's murder. That's murder right there. So, so anyway, so it's a 16-round draft. So it's, it's, one, it's one spot more than an average league. An average league would be like 15 rounds normally. But the fact that the emphasis on the quarterbacks, you know, the, the one extra bench spot, Spank spot, and we're gonna have two IRs because yeah. of the COVID shit. Like this is gonna provoke more activity within the league, more trades, more. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like because that's just naturally what it does. 
when, when you build it, like when you construct it like this, you know what I mean? Because that's what I want. I want blood, guts, and glory. I want, I want mayhem and chaos. I want everybody interacting, trade, making trades. You know what I mean? Like this is, and this is going to be, and then watch when I explain the payouts too. The payouts actually are designed also to keep everyone fully engaged all throughout the year. You know what I mean? Yeah, last year was my first Superflex League. I joined it. Um, I finished first overall. I had Deshaun Watson. I drafted him pretty early. And everybody knows I was high on Jameis Winston last year. Yeah. And, and, and you and, got him way later. And I got him super late, very yeah. late. And as for as many interceptions that he threw, he balled the fuck didn't out. Matter. Honestly, why? It didn't, it didn't matter. matter. Yeah. My third quarterback that I had was Josh Allen. So I was set. I was ready to go. Yeah. Jameis Winston and Josh Allen, I grabbed them super late. And that's what propelled me in that league. So it's, it's a lot of luck, too. We know how fantasy can go. Yeah. And, like, yeah. like okay, so even – so now this this invitational, it's $100 buy-in. So there's $1,200 up for grabs. First place gets 700 smackers. Second place doubles his money. Third place is money back. Now there's $200 extra. One, so that's two side purses. One is $100 – side purse goes to the longest winning streak in the regular season. The other one goes to the highest uh, points in the regular oh, season. I like that. I like so that. Like, you could be like, you could be 12th place. God forbid we're 12th place. But if you have the most points, because this has actually happened to me before, you know what I mean? Hey, you get money back. And you know what I mean? Or, and, or on the flip side, you know, you're, you're fighting to get in the playoffs or something. You know, you're making, you start tearing off a fat winning streak. You might even miss the playoffs. Or maybe you get in, but you got that $100 already. You're already covered. Like, say you get in the playoffs, you're like, cool, no matter what, I'm already in the money because I've made $100 from that side first. Say you don't get in the playoffs, you're like, cool, I still had a longest winning streak. I didn't lose no money. You know what I mean? Or the ultimate, you, you, you get it all. You win the thing, you had the longest winning streak. You know what I mean? Then you win $900. I can't wait. I can't wait. You took the words right out of my mouth, smoking shit. <laughs> It's going to be fun. This is going to be my first Superflex well, League. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward. I was going to ask you. I mean, is there any questions, anything? Because, you know, it's your first Superflex. Is there anything you um, want to ask, even, anything at all? With that being said, it is my first Superflex League, and uh, I still feel very comfortable. Uh, I'm excited as fuck about this whole thing, man. I just uh, – one of the main things for me would be as far as your second quarterback because – Superflex means that you're going to reach or not reach. You're going to go and get your quarterback uh, fairly early. What's the latest you're, you're, you're going to wait. You know what I'm saying? Because you don't want to, you don't want to set yourself up with that second quarterback and be and where you have to take someone as opposed to like somebody you want. So this is what I would suggest. This is what I'll suggest to anybody in general. Right. So, so I, I, it's a two part answer. So the first I'd say everybody use fantasy pros Go on fantasypros.com, use their draft wizard. Because then you'd be able to take our league settings and put it into the draft. And then you can mock draft within with their computer. And you and and and, and you'll be able to see you'll be it'll simulate exactly how our right. league settings would 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 navigate you in a draft. Yeah, the scoring right? format, all that stuff. Yes. It's probably a bitch like typing it all up, but once you do it, you got it as a setting. You're like, all right. Smoky Buggy Invitational settings. Boom. Do right. Two, I would rank your quarterbacks in tiers. Right. So, you know what I mean? Like, I, you know, I have 
I have my me personally. There's like 16 quarterbacks I'd be comfortable with having, and I have them in tiers. I have my top four, my second four. You know, my I have my nine through 12, and then I have my 13 to 16. Right. I'm trying to get one from my top four and one from my 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 uh, you know five to to eight. But then more realistically. Me personally, I'm probably going to end up with one of my guys from my five to eight range, and and then I'm, I I'll hope I can get one. Because then having the guys, my last my last four guys I'm willing to start, I'm usually ending up with one of those guys. But in this case, it's a super flex. I'm going to try to at least have three quarterbacks, so I'm not dealing with that madness. You know what I mean? So I'm going to be reaching early. You know what I mean? Like I'm gonna I'm gonna have to force my hand to reach early on my first two. You know what I mean? I'm completely with you on that. I can see myself. Yeah. That's the mentality I have going in. Yeah. And it's also just like a regular league. You look at the people around you. Like, say quarterbacks go crazy. And then you have motherfuckers that all, like, half the league has two each already. And you're in, like, the fourth round. You might not need to be like, okay, I need to really grab one here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I already got one. Do I need my second one right here? I could probably wait. You know what I mean? But it is a super flex, and there is no limit on them. So people are going to th- have that in mind too. They're going to want to have three. You know what I mean? So you just got to all, all these things considered. And then also just being water, being Bruce Lee, just letting when you're in the draft, you know what I mean? Like let that thing, let that thing trickle down to you. If, if it's time to pull a trigger, don't be afraid. It's, it's different from single QB league. So you kind of throw that ideology out the way when it comes to looking at quarterbacks. Now these quarterbacks win this scoring format and being a super flex, they're, they're important. Importante. You know what I mean? Very. And you got to be careful, too, especially early on in these drafts. Do not be that guy that you catch the back end of that quarterback wave. Because if you draft first, let's say, or second, third, whatever, you get that positional player and those quarterbacks start firing off because people, that's what's going to end up happening. You're going to end up with like a number 12, 13, 14 quarterback. You're not going to be too happy. So I I definitely want to get one of those top tier guys early and then after that like you just said I'm, I'm gonna let it flow let's see what happens and i and, and i got my tears as well i got my quarterbacks that i, I like the gardner Minshews, you know joe burrow you know other worlds you know those super late guys that i feel like yeah have big years and maybe some people aren't as high. yeah i throw in the drew locks in there i throw in the danny danny dimes in there like those are super late guys even sam Darnold for god's sakes like i'm those are guys like i would love to have those as my qb3 I think, I think one strategy that you could see is somebody stacking their team with wide receivers and running backs since there's going to be a run on quarterbacks. And you could live with two number two quarterbacks. Yeah. If, oh, yeah. You, have, if you have a stacked lineup at running back wide receiver, you could live with, say, Gardner Minshew and – Daniel Jones or oh, yeah, Arthur Minshew sure. and Drew Locke. I'd be happy with if yeah, that, I would be happy with those quarterbacks. Yeah. You, you, could even, you could even throw in a Joe Burrow who's rookie unproven. Who, who knows what he's gonna do? There's a lot of people out there who think he's gonna play his way to a number one QB slot. I'm one of them. I'm one of them. Yeah, I think I think he's a I think he's a high end QB two this year. Because because like and I, I, I think I, it, will, it won't matter if he's throwing a bunch of picks either. Like, that secondary is going to keep him throwing that ball. Like, that Bengals defense is bad all the way around. Yeah. 
I feel the same way about the Raiders and Derek Carr over there. I don't think their defense is too well. Derek Carr actually has a ton of weapons this time around, too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm excited we're, about we're, it, man. Derek Carr in that, in that back end, in that, in that mix, too, in that tier. You know what I mean? With the Danny Dimes of the world and, and the Minshews and, you know what I'm saying? They just drafted a whole wide receiver core over there. They have Waller. You know what I'm saying? You got guys like Jacobs to open everything and up. A solid offensive line, man. I mean, the pieces are there with with the with the scheme they're trying to run. You know what I'm saying? John Gruden, they're trying to get that ball out of his fucking hand, and you know, I think Derek Carr could could put up some big numbers fantasy wise for sure. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. All right, I'm gonna I'm throw this at Bogart because I keep forgetting the damn segment's name, and plus because I want him to go first. Yeah, we're okay. going to the next segment. Go this ahead, segment right here is called with him or against him, right? And if you're against him, you're gonna get on him. And so, we're gonna go around nominated players, and I'll set this one off Austin Powers Eckler with him or against him. And I'll go last since I nominated this name. Okay, I'm starting this one up. I love Austin Eckler. I am with him all the way. Let me see. He He is a great running back. He's a PPR machine. Or obviously talking fantasy football. Yeah. Um, Melvin Gordon, he gone. Now you'll get to see Austin Eckler, what he did the first half of the year last year. He's going to get to do that the whole season this year. Um. Yeah, I'll take Austin Eckler. I don't know how anyone is against him. And I'll be curious to see if anyone is against him. Um, Smoking Jay, why don't you hit us up? I think it's if anybody's against him, they're crazy. Because first off, Melvin Gordon's gone. That's that's first and foremost. Second off, Eckler has that a role on that team already. It doesn't matter even if they have a high impact runner. That's not what Eckler is there for. The dude is a PPR dog. He adds an extra element to that team. He just got paid big bucks for the role that he plays on that team. He's very integral for that squad. So, bolt the fuck up. I'm on the Austin Eckler bandwagon. It's all about him. He's going to eat. And if you have him, get him in a second round in the PPR league. You're eating all day. So, I'm with him. I'm with Austin Eckler. Sweetness, what's your take? I'm definitely with Austin Eckler, man. He proved it last year. He can uh, take on that role of being a dog-ass PPR running back. Um, So I'm with him all the way, man. And the quarterback situation there is sketchy, which just plays into his favor. Uh, Dink and dunk all day. Um, I'm not big on any other wide receivers out there. Hunter Henry can't stay healthy for shit. So Austin Eckler, uh, he's the truth, man. PPR savage, bro. And, And yeah, like you guys said, I don't see how you can be against them. I'm with them, bro. Okay. So, Smokey had said something earlier. You got to be crazy if you're against them. So now, Smokey, ask me if I'm crazy. Don't Smokey. answer that question. Don't answer that question. I, am I was actually going to ask you. Yeah. Listen, I am crazy. And I am against them. And I'm about to get on them. Because of one thing, yeah, that, one thing that Sweetness brought up. He did bring up. The fact that the quarterbacks, Tyrod Taylor, his first instinct when there's pressure in the pocket is to take off. Phillip Rivers, he had one of the quickest releases because of that bad line 
letting said pressure come through. So, and, and come on now, Philip Rivers, I think it was like 2.2 seconds of release. Probably why he got eight kids. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> he has one of the quickest releases. But I think we're going to see, when you look at Austin, Austin Powers' numbers, in the receiving game, like everyone said, he was a PPR savage. A lot of it had to do with, a lot of it had to do with the fact that it was Philip Rivers with that, with that quick hitter pass game. So now if you minus that, and, and, and here's one thing why, where um, Austin Eckler does have in his, in his pocket, he's not just a running back, he's basically an offensive weapon because they're going to move him all over the field too. So, you know, so even if you minus a lot of his passing, out, passing work out the backfield, He's still, there's still going to be times where it's like Justin Jackson on, at, at, you know, in the backfield and Austin Eckler will be lined up somewhere. You know what I mean? And because you do look at his, look at his rushing yards last year. He had like 500 something minutes and change, right? Like I, maybe he gets a thousand, maybe he gets close to a thousand. You know what I mean? I mean, then he misses a lot of, maybe he has 1300 yards total. I'd say maybe he goes from 900 passing yards down to like 700 you know what I'm saying? And then he has like another 600 on the ground. That's kind of like where I see him in the ballpark. And I, I think for a second round draft capital, I'm probably going to curve him because I'd rather have a Joe Mixon. And I'm probably crazy, and I'd expect you guys to bring that up. You know, when it's all said and done, if and when I'm wrong, you guys better get on me. You know what I mean? Taking, I'm taking Joe Mixon. I'm with you on that. I'm taking Joe Mixon over Eckler. But um, as far as his value, I think he's going to end up anywhere between 1,300, 1,400 all-purpose yards. Um, as Eckler, he's got you know he got paid for a reason, bro, and they're gonna use him. They're gonna buy this. I mean, mind you, now my now my uh, my my cop out is just to say, well, I am crazy. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> hey, so with when it comes to Eckler, what I like about him the most is that he doesn't have to be a primary rusher. You know, they they put him all over the all over the field. They they utilize him, you know, all over the field, and I love that shit about him. So. When it comes to, like, the fact that Melvin Gordon's gone, they couldn't use him more in a rushing game, I would think. And Tyrod Taylor, somebody that rushes the ball a lot, to your point, with rushing quarterbacks, that opens up rushing lanes for the Ooh, running Very back. good point. Very good. So, rebuttal. so, for me, where Eckler's going, I think it's around the middle of the second as of right now. I'm, I'm, I'm taking him all day right there. All yeah. day. With, with, I'm smashing okay. that button all day. Okay, who's who wants to go next? So we're gonna go back to Doc. I'm gonna give you my guy, and I'll let you know if I'm with him or against him. Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor. This is a good. One. I am with Jonathan Taylor, especially long term. Um, there's people out there who are worried about Marlon Mack taking away carries from Jonathan Taylor. I'm not one of those people because uh, Jonathan Taylor is just, he produced in college, and I think it's going to translate very easily to the NFL behind one of the best offensive lines, if not the best offensive line in the game. In college, he had to worry about people touching him. I mean, Wisconsin always has a good, um, line but Indianapolis Colts offensive line is better yeah. and he's just gonna go for uh, he's yeah 
He's a good pick. I'd take him. Yeah, um, I'm totally with him. Love love JT. Love his work uh, that he did. Uh, he used to star in um, uh, the Home Improvement ser- television series. Hell of a series. He uh, he played the son. Uh, Jonathan Taylor. Oh my God, that's Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Anyways, <laughs> Jonathan Taylor, the running back, right? Love him. I mean, uh, even if he's not the complete starter or the outright starter week one, he's going to get touches right away week one. He'll probably have anywhere from eight to ten carries out the gate. Because I think Marlon Mack's still going to be involved, but eventually he'll be the – he'll he'll have the, uh, you know, the, the, the lion's share of the of – the, timeshare eventually and you really only need like 15 carries from him he's a one cut runner you know what i mean i mean he he is good in the passing game people worry about his fumbles but that's coachable that offensive line bro is nasty and then you have philip rivers who actually will be able to five and seven step drop back for once in his career and then and then yeah, now you could really utilize someone like ty hilton who's a true field stretcher and a great route runner but i'm just saying like the fact that like that last year, ain't nobody buying into, you know, T.Y. Hilton streaking down the field because, you know, Jacoby Brissett wasn't a great passer. One thing that Phillip Rivers can do is, throw, is still throw a deep ball. I mean, Mike Williams, his the average depth of target last year was like 21 yards through the air. So, you know what I mean? Like, he is going to stretch the field. And all that's just going to open it up for the running back. You know what I mean? Behind that phenomenal line, I'm with JT. Fuck Marlon Mack. By the way, fuck Marlon Mack. Yeah, I'm against him. (laughs) Fuck him. He's had his chance. He blew it. Too injury prone. Not consistent enough. Jonathan Tater is a game changer. I'm with Jonathan Tater. I think he's going to do big things. We were actually on an episode on Bears, Brews, and the Bros earlier this year, and I stated that he will lead the league in rushing. That was one of my bold takes. I stand firm on that because rushing touchdowns. Rushing touchdowns, my bad. So touchdowns, yep. So I believe that's gonna happen. Phillip Rivers, that quarterback play, they haven't gotten it since Andrew Luck. I know it's only been a year removed. Jacoby Brissett, you know, was horrible last year. Now you got Phillip Rivers behind that line. He's gonna march them down the field. You're gonna give the ball to the best running back on that team, which is JT. You're gonna give it to him, not Martin Mack. It's Jonathan Taylor. He's going to punch it in. He's going to get those touchdowns. So I'm all about Jonathan Taylor. I love him. Love him this year. I don't care if it's PPR, standard, whatever. I'm taking him all day. If I could get him in the fourth round, I'm more than happy with Jonathan Taylor on my squad. Go ahead, Swings. I'm just – I know. I'm I'm surprised. I'm with him. I'm definitely with him. I'm just surprised that I don't hear the hype as much as I think I I should. As much as I think I should. But um, that's – Clyde Edwards-Hilaire kind of overshadows him being that that's where he landed. He landed with the Chiefs. That's and all everyone wants to talk about. Yeah, and to me, it's a little uncertain. And I, I, I personally feel like he might be a little um, overdrafted, um, a, little, a little bit too sure. high. Sure, no, 100%. A little bit too high for me. He has to hit. Or he's or he's a look, he's gonna be considered this year's David Montgomery type shit. Yeah, and it's uncertain what his particular role is gonna be as opposed to in my eyes, Jonathan Taylor is the clear-cut, more talented running back in Indy with a better offensive line, um, a quarterback that loves his running back. So 
I just feel like Jonathan Taylor should be getting drafted before CEH, but it's all good. Keep drafting his ass. I'll wait and I'll take Jonathan Taylor right after that, man. And you know what, bro? Um, I don't know if anyone you guys want to pull this up, but if you look at the cold schedule, they they literally are going up against like some of the worst run defenses ever. Like worse as in like they're they're plus matchups. So that run game is going to be phenomenal. You yeah, know what I mean? They, they, according to uh, Fantasy Pros, they have the second easiest uh, schedule when it comes to running backs. There it is. There yeah, it so is. True. There it is. With someone that has a clear-cut job in my eyes in, in an offensive line that's that good, it's a no-brainer to why I would, you know, take him over CEH or a lot of other running backs, actually. Yeah. I think I just if I re, if I re, I just thought of this right now if I remember correctly or I just remember this, I, Frank Reich did spend time with Philip Rivers in the Chargers at one point in his career because Philip Rivers had a long career. So mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like you know, he should be familiar with the system too to be able to walk in, and like Philip Rivers is old. You're gonna want you know it's not like he's their future. Still gonna want to protect him, and Marlon Mack terrible at pass protection. JT coming out of college, highly graded as a pass protector. So he might even work his way up into that three down role if Marlon Mack ain't handling early. You know what I mean? No, his pass pro is up there. That's that's why yeah. he was uh, drafted high, and that's why he's gonna get a lot more, you know, a lot more time on the field than people think. It's just not as exciting as talking about the Chiefs. That's why the the greater uh, fantasy communities are down on are not down on Taylor, but they're not as high on Taylor as C E H. It's not. It's not. It's not a sexy situation. Sexy. There you go. You know what I'm saying? They, but see, then again, this guy's uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. They got the 29th ranked toughest uh, run defense. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, run, yeah, run, run schedule. Run, yeah, they got a pretty, run. Oh yeah, pretty tough one. And oh, if you're, yeah, I wasn't aware of that. You look at the Chiefs as, a, as an offense, you look at all those weapons, all those mobs to feed. The Colts don't have that type of armory, you know what I'm saying? They don't, you don't have to worry about oh, shit like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's a good fucking point. Let me write that down. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I have a whiteboard here. Hold on. Okay, I think it's something, right? I got the next guy. So, are you with him? Are you against him? Or you could get him. Get on him. Cam Akers. Oh, that's a good one. Let's go, Bogard. Okay. Man, you know I'm with him. And at the same time, I want to get on Sean McVay, right? This is how much I'm with him. So I'm going to get on Sean McVay. You're already a disciple of Shanahan, and now you came out and you're sucking his dick on, on air. You're talking about, hey, I love what my man Shanahan's doing with a running back by committee. We're using all our fucking running backs. Shut the fuck up. You know, you come from – he's also a product of the Grudens, right? Like, John Gruden actually gave him his first shot as an assistant when he was really young, right? Uh, is it John or Jay? Either way, he, didn't, he definitely was with Jay for a while. And, 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 you know, after – because he actually remained there uh, as part of the residue of the Shanahan regime. Remember the daddy, the father-son Shanahan's when we were there in Washington? Oh, yeah. Yep. They left. He was the only guy that stayed there because uh, Jay Gruden was like, hey, man, you know my brother. You stay on with me. You can be the offensive coordinator. Boom. And he did his thing. Long story longer, now you got goddamn uh, uh, McVay talking about he wants to copy Shanahan and we're going to use all our running backs. I legit don't believe in that. I think they're gonna, they're they're eventually gonna 
work their way into having Cam Akers be the guy because Smokey will tell you to. He's good in the passing game. And one stat that's before uh, I'll pass this on is one stat is that uh, coming out of college last year, he led uh, all collegiate with um, most yards after contact. And that's a phenomenal stat to have if you're going to be running behind that Rams line because you're going to be in the hit. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, uh, whoever. Whoever wants to take it. Whoever wants to take it. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick this one up after Bogard. Uh, Florida State. They their offensive line was hot trash, bro. Yeah, it's so, almost like the Rams. The reason the reason he had so many yards after contact was because he saw a lot of contact right away, but he was still yeah. able to make the best out of his carries. Uh, his pass protect is is uh, through the roof. So he's gonna he he's gonna earn that time on the field, man. And again. Just like the Jonathan Taylor situation, I feel like he's also the most talented running back in that backfield. Um, it's going to be clear to see when they start training camp who's going to be the the top dog as far as uh, carries and volume. It's going to be Cam Akers, man. Yeah. I'm with him. I'm with him all the way. With him. I am neutral on this. It's kind of oh, – I'm taking – I'm sorry. It's a wait-and-see approach for me. Because unlike Jonathan Taylor, um, I don't think Jared Goff is a good quarterback. So he's working – Cam Akers is working with a mediocre quarterback, in my opinion, where Jonathan Taylor has a proven quarterback who's had a long, successful career. And so beat defenses against Colts will have to be a little more – I don't know. Nervous. Well, I, I think with the with, with the, the 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 wide receiver threats that they have, I, even including Higby. So Higby, Cup, and Woods. I think that's reason enough to like, you know, I mean, that's that true. That, that is true. They do have a lot of good offensive weapons. And you 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 could even mention Gerald Everett and Josh Reynolds. You know, they, they all those guys can open up the field. Yeah, that is true. They've, hey, I mean, I'm I'm such a Josh Reynolds truther. Are you really? <laughs> yeah, well, because I like he's made me money in DFS before, like a DraftKings type of shit. Because you know, I would always like go expensive with all the players, and then I'd find a really cheap guy so I could afford all the expensive guys. And like, I would always look to the Robbie Andersons of the world, the the Josh Reynolds, like when when uh when Cooper Cup was was down like, a couple years ago. So I was just like, bro, plug in Josh Reynolds, and he would have some big games. You know That's when they they had that that one shootout game um, with the Chiefs. Oh, that was 54-51. Crazy shit. Yeah, and he went crazy in that game. I think Reynolds had like two scores, three scores. Yeah. Yeah. So my take with Cam Akers, I love love the fact that Sean McVay came out and said what he said. Because me, I've been believing in the kid from the go. When the Rams drafted him, traded up for him, I was so happy. I was like, dude, this is a perfect landing spot for him. And the only thing that Sean McVay did by saying what he said, that they're going to go by a running back committee, was scare anybody away that wasn't on the Cam Akers bandwagon to begin with. And I'm all for that because he is the most complete back they have. Henderson had his chance last year, didn't prove a thing. He got injured, whatever. He didn't even fit the scheme. Malcolm Brown, he's a one type. he's, He's not a special running back. I'm sorry. Malcolm Brown, if you were right in front of my face, I would tell you, bro, you're nothing special, all right? You're not. Just not, okay? Cam Akers, he could do it all. 
you put him in that backfield, you don't know if it's a running play or a, or a passing play because the play action is definitely in play with a Cam Akers back there. I'm all about Cam Akers. I'm doing a jersey giveaway tomorrow. So by the time this freaking episode drops, the, the winner would have been announced. Nice. Cam Akers is that dude, the pride of Florida State. He's going to ball the fuck out. I love him this year. I'm all about Cam Akers, so I'm not worried about it. Before we move on to um, to Doc's uh, guy, right? Oh, no. Did Doc go yet? No, yet, right? Like, as far as, like, did he nominate a guy? No. Oh, yeah. Okay, so before I pop up the second round, I do want to add that the fact that Sean McVay did spend time with the Grudens is amazing because they lie all the time. You know what I mean? They'll come out and lie. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, we love Amari. Uh, like, like Chucky, we love Amari Cooper. You know, we really oh, got to get involved more. Boom, they trade oh, him away. Yeah. He's a liar. So he could be just lying right now. This is just coach speak. Yep. That's a good point. Thanks. Go ahead, Doc. Who do you got? That's good on you. Oh, man. This has to be done on our show. Because I don't know if I've heard Bogey's take. I like this. Mitchell Trubisky. Oh, I don't like <laughs> are you? Are you with him? Are you against him? Man, I'm against him. As much, and I was a Trubisky truther because the same reason. He was a guy I would plug in DFS, and he was the guy I would pick up off the waivers sometimes in, in season longs. And, like, like, I remember I picked him up off the waiver in, in one of my super flex leagues. Someone dropped him. I picked him up off the waiver, started him against the Cowboys on a Thursday nighter, and he fucking balled. Remember that? Yeah, I remember that shit. I was surprised, but yeah. See, but here's the thing. I wasn't surprised because I was looking at the week before that, Josh Allen just got in their ass. Mm. And so they were having trouble with mobile quarterbacks. Over the past couple of seasons, they had trouble with the Seahawks, you know, with Russell Wilson. I was like, listen, go ahead. I'm plugging Trubisky right here. And then then Trubisky fucked me because I continued to plug him in the next week and then he fucked me. You know what I mean? So I am against Serves you right. Serves you right for believing in that guy. Exactly. I know. I might have hit that one night. But I should have quit. Too greedy. You got greedy. I should have hit it and quit it. Exactly. But yes, I'm totally against him. I'll get on him. I actually think he's not smart. I don't, you know what I'm saying? This is not just football shit now. Like, I think he's a dumb jock. Like he's the quintessential dumbass. You know what I mean? He's a hell of a con artist because I don't know how he conned everyone into thinking he's great after 13 starts. I mean, he conned me for a couple years. You know what I mean? And Nick Foles, everyone knows white Jesus loves him. He's going to pray. He's going to get that job. And he's familiar with John Filippo and Matt Nagy. It's going to be great for all the, all the fantasy pieces and the fantasy assets on that team. You know what I mean? I'm on team Nick Foles. Fuck Trubisky. Yes, sir. Let it out, bro. We feel the same way. Yeah, fuck him. And I don't like his haircut neither. <laughs> Want me to go, bro? You got it. I mean, Doc, I really hope that you're not expecting me or smoking to say anything about this kid because we're over it. I was just personally just a take from Bogart, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, pretty much. I know we had a show. You know, give us another name, man. Give us another name. Because, you know, unanimously we're all against him. So, okay, here's my thing. I'm going to give Trubisky a little thing, a little whatever. Do you think that if he had been in the Baltimore Ravens situation, where Baltimore yes. Ravens completely built, they built an offense around the skill set of the quarterback. 
yeah, do you, think, but, do you think mean, they would have done something like that with Mitchell Trubisky and he'd be more successful than he is now? I think if they specifically brought in Greg Roman, yes, we're having this conversation. Because Greg Roman made Kaepernick a thing. Greg Roman made Tyrod Taylor get into the playoffs with the Bills. You put Greg Roman, and Greg Roman was the offensive assistant. I mean, he was the head coach assistant to, to, John, I mean, to John Harbaugh. Makes sense because he was tight with his brother Jim. And then after in, going into year two with Lamar Jackson, Greg Roman was probably like, man, let me just go ahead and be the OC. You know what I mean? Because y'all doing it all wrong. You know what I mean? And then they, boom, we've seen him blow up. Like, it's – he's the guru when it comes to these mobile QBs. You know what I mean? Yes, if we would have put someone like – we would have put someone like Greg Roman with uh, with a goddamn – okay, how about this? Are we, would you say Russell Wilson's mobile? Yeah. Yes, right? But have you seen him use his wheels a lot lately? No, because it's, it's a Schottenheimer there. He just wants to run the ball a ton. You know what I mean? But, you know, when Derek Bevel was there, he was like, oh, go ahead. We're going to drop some run plays. We're going to, you know, we're going to run some, some, you know, some option plays. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're kind of limiting Russell Wilson. It comes down to the coordinator to highlight the attributes. So, yes, if there was a coordinator like a Greg Roman or like a, you know, just anyone that would highlight his attributes, Trubisky could have been greater. Anyone but Nagy is pretty much what you're saying. Here's the thing, too. I like to compare Alex Smith to, to um, Trubisky. And here, not them as players, but situation. Because when Alex Smith came into the league, he constantly, as a young quarterback, had a new coordinator come in, new system he had to learn just always, year in, year out, because we were so bad with him. And then, like, that made him great as a, you know, down the road. His QB IQs through the roof. But – he also did have a full uh, college career. A guy coming out of the college, 13 right stars. Utah. Exactly. And he was running his ass off in Utah, too. You think he had, like, 2,000 yards rushing total, something like that. He was, like, he was, he was actually running. You know what I'm saying? All right, but, check it out, man. With that whole argument, I'm going to – I got to stop that, bro. What you just said, like, offensive coordinators, new offensive coordinators. No, he's had the same – he's had Matt Nagy – these last couple of years, we've Somebody seen. Somebody still brings in a new OC every year, bro. The OC doesn't matter. He's Matt Nagy is Matt Nagy, bro. He is the OC. He is the head coach. He's the one that implements the plays. Is, he is that dude. He's that still runs. gonna have another, but he still brings in another guy who's in the. Oh, who calls the plays? Who calls the plays on a side? Nagy. Okay, but there's so still someone new every year. Someone new every year coming in, having to introduce new terminology. You know what I'm saying? New looks. Like, it's overwhelming for a dumbass like Mitch because he's not – I'll agree with that. I'll, you know, it, maybe the best thing for Mitch Trubisky is stability all the way around. There you go. But at the same time, a true professional, a true quarterback should be able to adjust at least by the second year. And now we're entering his last year of his rookie deal because the option was not picked up. Yeah. Then wow. you have a Nick Foles added to the team. And the Bears take on damn near $30 million against the cap for the next three years because, thankfully, Big Dick Nick restructured the deal. So it yeah, didn't that was annually. So what does that mean? That means that they had a conversation with him. You are that guy. You're going to be here for the next three years. Let's restructure this deal. You don't do that as a player. 
without some sort of incentive, without knowing your role on that team. That is my take on it. Mitch is a fucking bum. He's been a bum since he's gotten here in his fucking raggedy ass car or whatever that Ryan Pace was impressed with at the fucking meeting or whatever they had their little dinner. Yeah. You know, you know who was at that meeting? John Fox. No, with Nick Foles. You talk, oh, you're talking about with oh, Mitch. Wait, oh, okay. No, I was talking about Mitch. Yeah. Mitch the bum. When yeah. I say the bum, I'm talking about Mitch. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I missed that part. Okay. Okay. So, uh, sweetness here. Didn't like my Mitch Trubisky. Love him or leave him. Sorry, with him or against him. So, how about we go with the coach, Matt Nagy? Mm. Are you with him? Are you against him? I want, I want to hear Smoke and Jay's take first. Am I, am I with him or against Matt Nagy? Man. Get you know up. What? You know what? That's a great question. I like that. So, when it comes to Coach Matt Nagy, I, I liked what I saw in Kansas City. I liked how they came out, and I felt like he was a bright offensive mind. So when he got added to the team, I was like, this is a nice change of pace. You know, John Fox is gone. Somebody that's not creative on the offensive side. I want to see some creativity. I want to see something that I've never seen before. Boom, here comes Matt Nagy. And what are some of the plays that he's ran? Some of the plays that we've seen in Philadelphia. You know, the Philadelphia, uh, uh, what is it? The shuffle or whatever? Philly special. The Philly special. There you go. You know, you know that, the we've seen that play before. John Fox era, too. We've seen that play before, right? You remember, it was a Thursday nighter. It was a Thursday nighter. It was the Bears. And I, if I believe correctly, it was with Matt Barkley when, when, when Hoyer went down. And I forget the team they were playing against, but they busted that Philly special. And they noticed that. You know what I'm saying? And they used that shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that was, that was back in 2017. You can look it up. They were the first ones to do that shit. It's kind of crazy, crazy, right? I, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Going, going back to Coach Nagy, though. He's one of these guys. And I heard, I don't remember which podcast it was right now. I listened to a lot of them. But one of them said something along the lines of, with Matt Nagy, he's like one of those fake ass lame ass magicians that you see like in a corner of a street somewhere like, <laughs> this is great. they're like they're like look at this trick i bet you can't figure this out and he's like all impressed with his own fucking trick trick you know what i'm saying and nobody else is amazed they're like we've seen this before bro you're not showing us nothing that we never <laughs> seen before and i feel like that's the defense like he does all these things. He dresses up the offensive, you know, the offensive scheme in such a way. I'm going to move this guy this way. I'm going to move that guy that way. Next thing you know, it's a fucking handoff down the middle. Something stupid. It's not clever. It's not creative. We've seen this before. You're doing a pretty special. You're fucking taking plays that we've all seen before. You're not doing nothing that impresses me. So in short, or actually, like my, my, my guy Bogey would say, long story longer, right? Yeah. Yeah. I am not impressed with Matt Nagy. I am against Matt Nagy because he hasn't shown me anything. His offense has not lived up to what it was supposed to be. You took this coaching job telling Ryan Pace, who was a fucking other bum, but you told him, hey, with Mitch Trubisky, we could take the Bears to the promised land. And all he has done, he's disappointed us. That's all he's done. He's a waste of money. He's false hope. He is a fucking POS to the fullest extreme, almost Adam Gase-like, in my opinion, because he had oh, all this. 
because he had all this hype behind him. And what does Adam Gase have? All this hype behind him because of the Denver Broncos and Peyton Manning wanted to endorse him, this, that, and the other. Matt Nagy is getting that endorsement from Andy Reid, and that is what Matt Nagy is riding on. Give the ball to David Montgomery. Let's win with the defense and the rushing attack. Stop trying to be cute. Stop trying to dress up your offense. You're not impressing anybody or catching anybody off guard. That is my take on Matt Nagy. Get on him. Yeah. Sweetness. Go next. I'm going to back you on there, bro. So much fucking hype for somebody who can't, you know what I'm saying, get us down the fucking field and be consistent enough. Dude, you're part of the Andy Reid tree and you haven't done shit. Like Smokin' said, um, it's not impressive. It's To me, bro, I played ball before. This dude's trying to get too fucking cute. Just just do just stick to the script, bro. Get the ball downfield. You're doing too much of this, too much of that. Motion here, motion there. Fucking dude. You ain't got no fucking slay of hand, bro. Like you're not doing shit special. We all see what's slay coming. Slay hand. I love it. Yeah, it's straight up, bro. You as as a Bears fan, bro, it's really sad to see this shit. Like year in and year out, all we're gonna be one of the most potent offenses in the league. Get the fuck out of here, dude. It's not true. We haven't seen shit to prove that at all. We're always in the bottom, you know what I'm saying, bottom half of the offensive statistical across the board. We're fucking garbage. So just being honest, bro, the only bright spot on our team is Allen Robinson offensively, dude. That's it. That's absolutely it. Well, I will say I'm against him as well. And while I get on him, I want to make a point that it would, it is a copycat league. And when did you guys sign him? 2018? 2018 was his right? first year with us, yeah. Yeah, so that was you guys doing your own version of copycatting, where it's like, hey, let's get a young, offensive-minded guy, kind of like our own Sean McVay. You know what I mean? Even though he was like eight years older than Sean McVay, he was, I think he was only like 38 years old when you guys signed him. You know what I mean? One of the youngest coaches, I believe. I yeah. yeah, and like that was kind of the – and then the, as a young coach, he did the smartest thing by – obviously keeping on Vic Fangio. You know what I mean? Because, yes, right? And, like, boom, you guys got into, you know, obviously the first year was phenomenal. You guys got into the into the dance. You know what I mean? And if it wasn't for a triple doink or whatever, what, a double doink on a goddamn field goal, you would have advanced. But, see, that's also Hold Nick on. Foles over there. That's Nick Foles because why Jesus loves him. He's over there praying. He was over there praying. Go ahead, Doc. Go ahead. Okay. I'm going to give my answer. I know you were talking. Bogey. No, no, go ahead. Because I'll just keep going. You're right. Do I was with Matt Nagy until that Eagles game. Mm. In that Eagles playoff game, he lost me when he put his faith in Cody fucking Parkey. He but you know what, ass all year. That kicker sucked ass. Yeah, he doubled through a few times that year. Exactly. He hit like four goalposts, whatever. But your faith in that guy to hit a 43 yard field goal? Give me a break. He's garbage. You you had your faith in Mitch Trubisky. He was having a decent game. And people want to say Mitch Trubisky brought the Bears to field goal range, great, whatever. Yes, and and the controlling time of possession, they did everything correctly. He just had they had time to get 10, 15, 20 more yards and make it a more manageable field goal for this bum-ass kicker. Listen, I can't kick a field goal. 
but I can tell when someone else can't kick a field goal too. Like why we're, I don't know why in the world he put his faith in Cody freaking Parky. He, you know what he, he lost me there. And from then, bye, get out of here. Doc, check this out though. I actually, I, I, I have to agree with you now on, on this particular game because playing the Eagles and they had like a, you know, a, a bottom five ranked secondary. That's where you, because remember that game? Allen Robinson was in. Remember that game? Yes. Like, oh, I remember that fucking game. Yeah. What I yeah. was about to say right now, the Eagles defense, pass defense, was one of the worst ones that year. Yeah. One of the worst. And yeah. what did the Bears do? How many you should have ra- raped that shit more. What was the final? How many points did we score? What? One touchdown? We were we were 0 for 5 inside the 20. And people want to say, hey, Mitch Trubisky did his job that game. He marched us down the field and gave us an opportunity to win. I'll say no. And I'll say fuck you. And I'll say no fucking way. You know yeah. why? You know why? Because the, the series before that. Get on him. Guess what Big Dick Nick did? Get on him. He marched down the fucking field against one of the elite defenses and fucking scored a fucking touchdown because that's what quarterbacks do. And that was what? Golden Tate was there for like what? Yes. Quarterbacks are not paid to set up field goals. Quarterbacks are paid to fucking find the end zone. And Mr. did a horrible job that fucking game. I don't believe anybody's talking about. I'm bared down all the fucking time, and I'll keep it a 1,000. All the fucking time. Mitch is a bum. He cost us that game. Oh. Well, you can't just blame Mitch. I will. What, what, listen, Mitch gets a lot of the blame. I blame Matt Nagy, too. I, I give it to him. Like It was hey, bad, play, bad play calling. And I'm that's scared. why I know we were talking about Matt Nagy. That's why I say he lost me that game. You so see, Matt Nagy you and see Mitch, when Cody Parkey double go. doinks and you see his dumbass look on his face like, uh, what the fuck is this? <laughs> what do you expect's going to happen when you leave it in Cody Parkey's hands? He's garbage. And then he goes on the news because, oh, my God, I, uh, I was treated poorly. Yeah. And he, then, you know, they came for his ass, too. They were sending him the death threats and everything. It's like, oh, you're out of here. Let's do one last round. Bogart kick it off. Okay. One last round of this. All right. He's the guy you guys are familiar with. Uh, he's out of there and you're out of your division now. With him or against him? Stefan, can you dig it? Smoking Jay, you start this off, bro. Okay. Am I with him or against him? So I want to say he's going around the is it fifth or sixth round? Yeah, late fifth, early sixth, sometimes if you if you, People might mistake him being a steal in the sixth, but yeah, he's going. He's a solid fifth rounder. Yeah. So the thing about Buffalo, the Bills, they're gonna they have a great defense and they have a nice rushing attack, which incorporates the quarterback as well. I'm gonna have to be against Stephon Diggs this year. I can't do it. I love his game. I love his route running ability. Mm -hmm. I love how he gets open, shifty. He has that swagger to him, but. You have a Stephon Diggs on a Buffalo Bills team that wants to run the ball. I'm sorry. I can't co-sign that. I am passing on a Stephon Diggs this year. I am totally against him. I'm going to get on him because, first off, you were on a team already where the only other receiver there was was an injured Adam Thielen. And, yes, he did flash at times. Yeah. But 
This is a team that played that play action hard. Yep. He still didn't do, you know what I'm saying, for a player to of his capabilities, he didn't live up to it. Now you're going to a Buffalo team where they have that defense. They have the rushing attack. And again, the quarterback can rush as well. They still have John Brown. They still have Cole Beasley. They still have a Dawson Knox even, a tight end. There's options there. But when in Minnesota, the only other option was Adam Thielen. And when Diggs actually thrived was when Adam Thielen got injured. So, no, I'm off Stephon Diggs. I am not on that. I'm straight. Go ahead, Doc. Okay. So, I agree with you when it comes to fantasy football. I'm against Stephon Diggs because I don't think he'll be that great of a fantasy player. I like where you're going with this. But if we talk real football – just straight games and what he's going to do for that team, I'm with him because he's a threat that defenses are going to have to pay attention to. Um, It's going to give Josh Allen someone else to throw the ball to, another weapon, and I think it'll open up that running game more for a team that already runs the ball. Shout out, Zach. I think think his benefit that he's going to bring to the team – is more of a real-life thing than a fantasy thing. I'm down with that. I think he'll, he'll improve that team because, like I said, he'll, he's, be, he's now automatically the best receiver on that team, and he's going to draw coverage and open up the run game, open up some uh, pass plays for the other wide receivers on the team that you just mentioned. Shout so, out Smokey John Brown. So that's my, uh, that's my take on it. I think uh, I'm not mad talking at fantasy – Stay away from him. Real life, though, look out for Buffalo. They're probably winning the division this year. Ooh. Say that to Adam Gase's face, Doc. He wouldn't even know where to look. Like, his bug eyes. I couldn't even look <laughs> at his eyes because he's, like, all bug-eyed looking at Google Googly-eyed Gase. Googly-eyed. He got so where you at? Where you, where you at with Stefan Day, sweetness? Who nominated him? I want to know that first. Bogart. Oh, oh yeah. Good pick. Good pick. He was on my list of fuck him. So yeah. <laughs> that was that was my next guy. I'm against him. Um, smoking. You made a lot of good points. Um, last year, John Brown had 115 targets. Cole Beasley was at 106. Um, they're not going anywhere. Just like you mentioned, they're a run first team, run heavy team. Um, with the running backs, uh, they they drafted another one in Zach Moss. Uh, Josh Allen has wheels. He wants to run the ball. Um, yeah, that being said, you know, Stephon Diggs, he goes to a team that's run heavy, and I'm against him, bro. I'm against him 100%. I will not hey, take him. I won't own him in any any leagues, bro. I don't care if he's my number three hey. receiver. I'm not I'm not having it. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to backpack all three of you gentlemen on the, especially on the fantasy side, but I'm also going to throw this in reality too. I'm totally against him. Fuck him. I'd rather be wrong. He's one of those guys I put in my rather be wrong category where I'll just stick to my guns. If I'm wrong, fuck it. I'm wrong. Maybe, say maybe he blows up, fuck it. Because I look at the reality standpoint when I'm, look, when I'm making my fantasy take. In this case, he's in the AFC, the NFC East. Or AFC East. AFC East. So twice he's going to play against Stephon Gilmore. My boy. He's going to play against Xavier Howard. Love those guys. Then he's going to play the NFC, the NFC West. So he's going to play up against Jalen Ramsey, Patrick Peterson, 
Richard he, Sherman. Richard Sherman, even though he, he burned Richard Sherman in the playoffs, still, you know what I mean? Like, you know, that Josh Allen's going to have to deal with that front seven that we got, to, you know what I mean, in order to get him the ball. I, I'm not fucking with no kind of digs. His schedule's bad. His, his player matchups is bad. 31st ranked wide receiver schedule. Yeah. Don't like it. Yeah. Who are we going with next? Uh, let's go. Let's go with Doc. Go ahead, Doc. Oh man. Oh God, I wasn't. I wasn't ready. Uh, though one player I'm curious on because he's a little iffy. Are you with him or against him? Uh, T. Y. Hilton. Ooh. I, let me jump this one off. I'm totally with him, just because. And I'll make this one quick. Totally with him, just because he has a better passer this year, and like his value is like a fifth round. I fucking love that because the upside he's, he's only like four years removed from being the leading uh, receiver in yards. And granted it was Andrew Luck, but I mean, you got Phillip rivers now who's, who's behind that phenomenal line. Like, you know, you know how thankful Phillip rivers is to be behind that line. Andrew Luck wanted that type of line his whole career. And by the time he got it, he was so beat up. He was like, I'm, I'm, that's it. That's it guys. I'm going to have to hang it up. And, um, you know, thank you for my time here. And uh, <laughs> hey, my Andrew Luck was pretty good. All right, I'm against Ty. I'm against Ooh. him. I'm Get against him. I am not with him. First and foremost, the team is not going to have to pass the ball as much anymore. The defense is much improved. The running game, the rushing attacks, got a one-two punch. Whether you like Jonathan Taylor or not, or Martin Mack or not, those two will definitely going to get value combined. So that's first and foremost. Another thing, I'm not playing this game anymore with chasing injuries. Injured, riddled players, I am staying the fuck away from them. There's only one player that I'm on, and I'll bring him up in a little bit. But as of right now, T.Y., that's a big fade for me. I'm going to get on him. The dude's got one year left on his contract. The Colts don't care about him. They got a Paris Campbell who's going to take over his spot, who is a much quicker, much more physical version of a T.Y. Hilton out of that slot position. They got a Michael Pittman as well. They have options. Wow, that's a T.Y. is not the number one option anymore. I'm off T.Y. He got on him. He he got on him. I'm I'm a little indifferent about him. I mean, I'm not drafting him where he's going. I feel like there's a a reason why they drafted guys like Michael Pittman. Uh, Paris Campbell is talented as well. Um, there's guys at his ADP where I'm taking a whole list of people before I'm taking T.Y. I'm super fading him. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just – I'm not up on him. I haven't been for the last two, three years or so. So, you know, with his quarterback situation and his injury situation the last couple of years, it's been easy for me to fade him. Um, so, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm off him. Keep him. You know, you know, now that I think about it too, Frank Reich, when he was with the Eagles, we're looking at – him being that Deshaun Jackson role, him being that Torrey Smith role, him, you know, that, that system, you know I mean? always requires one burner on the outside and that's probably going to limit T Y Hilton to being just that guy who runs the sluggo. You know what I mean? So I'll still stick to my widow just because of the value, but you're right. He's probably a boomer bust guy. Like he, he could win you a week. Yeah. You know what? But you know what? I'm going to stick to my guns. I mean, I don't, I don't want to go and change my answer. We're trying, to, guys, we're trying to save you on this one, Bo Jeezy. Yeah, but you definitely did. You guys definitely did. Uh, you did. You definitely did. What you guys said is resonating with me for sure. Yeah, put that on the board. Okay, okay. Going into the question, <laughs> I was probably no T Y. Reasons uh, why I shouldn't draft T 
T.Y. Go, going into the question, I was probably with him, uh, but I, I don't know. I don't know. I just uh, – I think he's going to have a slight bounce back here with better quarterback. I get what you're saying, Smoking Jay, that there's other targets and there's going to be a big focus on the run game. So, I, I don't know. If you want to go with him, go with him. If you want to go against him, go against him. Do whatever. He's dogs indifferent as fuck. Who knows? God, I, I don't even know. I like I said, I was with him, and then smoking Jay and sweetness are against him, and they bring up good arguments. So now I'm just kind of on the fence. Who knows? If he's available, maybe I'll take him. And you know, who knows? I, I maybe know. not. Maybe not. Who knows? Maybe maybe not. Find out on next week's episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. find out. We'll I'm see a- if he's on the my championship team. No, look at he goes. He, oh, that, that, that's the flex right there. The confidence is, is just, man, is just pouring out of you, man. Kind of, it's kind of disrespectful, right? It's just easy flex. All right. I'm going to go next. Sweetness, I'm going to let you finish it off. All right. I was going to say Chris Carson for this, but I switched my mind because I feel like this is going to be a better argument here. Oh, is that why you said, like, the injury history guy? Like, you're willing to, you're willing to take him on because of the talent? We already know. My, my flag is planted right on fucking Chris that. Carson's ass. Yeah. Central link field in the middle there. It's, it's on there. Let's go with somebody else, somebody different. I'm going to throw this shit. Let's go with sweetness first. Mark Ingram, are you with him? Are you against him? And if you're against him, get on him. Man, that's a good that's a good one, man. Um, that's a really good pick by you. I'm gonna say this, man. I think he's still. Don't got give me no doc answer now. I still, I still, I still. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna just go and say I am with him. I'm with him because I feel like he still has something left in the tank. I feel like he has a role on that team. Um, he's got a big trust. You know what I'm saying? And honestly, bro. Whether J.K. Dobbins ends up getting a chunk of the the share, I'm not worried about it because Ingram still – he's not going to be anybody's RB1. You know, you don't worry about things like that to where you're going to have to play Mark Ingram. So I'm with him as far as he can still produce. He's still talented. He's still going to give volume um, to where you're going to play him. So I'm with him on an explosive offense. He's going to get touches. He's going to put up numbers. Um yeah, man, I'm I'm with him. I'm with Mark Ingram on this one, bro. It's okay. a tough call. It's, it's 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 a little tough though, but I'm with That's him. Fine. I got this. Go ahead. I am taking a similar stance as I did to Stefan Diggs. I love him as a real time player. Fantasy, stay away from him. He's not going to put up fantasy numbers. J.K. Dobbins is going to be your player for that. Uh, there's going to be so many weapons on the Baltimore Ravens team. They're getting points. Uh, Lamar Jackson is going to spread the ball around. Mark Ingram, though, stay, stay away from him fantasy-wise. Real life, though, he's going to come in, and he'll be a change of pace back, and he'll be, you know, he'll be a good player. It just won't be producing fantasy numbers, in my opinion. I love Mark, I love Mark Ingram as a player. I don't want him on my fantasy team. I'm against him, and I'm about to shit on him. Mark Ingram, he tried to be the hype man for Lamar Jackson so he could try to just ride his john and be like, I'm still here. Big trust. Everybody introducing him in the goddamn post-conference interviews and get the fuck out of here, Mark Ingram. You, only, you didn't even average more than 
13 carries a game. You only had one game where you, you had more than 13 carries a game. He had all them goal line touchdowns. That's going to regress. And with their schedule being as soft as it is, they're going to be in a lot of winning situations, a lot of, a lot of positive game scripts. And anytime they're chewing the clock out, yeah, yes, we're talking about J.K. Dobbins, but my man, the Gus Bus, he, <laughs> this motherfucker gets a lot of work just because they're so good. They're like, put the Gus Bus in there. You know what I mean? And Mark Ingram is is a guy who who's never been the good bill of health. You know, when, you know that's why, and they probably know this. That's why they don't give him as many touches. He just happened to be have been efficient with the the touches he did get on a on an offense where everything's opened up by Lamar Jackson. You know what I mean? I just think we're gonna see more of a balanced attack because if you're smart as a coordinator, you're not gonna be like, all right, we did the same exact thing last year. We're doing it now. The Titans kind of put out a blueprint on how to stop them. If anyone's smart, they're just going to look at that playoff game and be like, this is what we did. You know what I mean? And either way, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm totally off him. I'd rather have a J.K. Dobbins and wait for J.K. Dobbins to be the second half darling. You know what I mean? The second half of the season darling. For sure. I'm, a, I'm a definitely going to go against, and I'm going to get on Mark Ingram. Get on Mark him. Ingram behind that line. Behind with a quarterback that opens up so many rushing lanes, you could have put Eddie Lacy's fat ass next to a Lamar Jackson. He would have had the same season that Mark Ingram had. Simple as that. Now, let's talk about J.K. Dobbins coming out of Ohio State who played that read option, one of the top heavy hitters when it came to that read option. Then you go into a Greg Roman system with the Lamar Jackson. He's... J.K. Dobbins has never played with the Lamar Jackson in a read option. And he was already killing the game in the read option type of offense, right? Let's not forget, Mark Ingram has been in this role before where he is the vet. And there is a young rookie, very skilled running back, playing right next to him in the Alvin Kamara with the New Orleans Saints. Ooh. It's happening once again. And it's happening in Baltimore. Mark Ingram, the old vet, he's going to give the touches up to the more talented rookie running back, and his name is J.K. Dobbins. That's what's going to happen. Fucking stamp it. Fucking book it. It's going to fucking go down. Your boy smoking Jay knows what the fuck he's talking about. J.K. Dobbins is a value pick, league-winning type of running back that you're going to want to have on your teams this year. I'm planting the flag on the Buckeyes' ass. J.K. Dobbins, let's go. Love it. Love that. Dobbins, whatever. Moff Ingram now, Austin. (laughs) (laughs) You're not allowed to draft Dobbins. You are not allowed to. (laughs) All right. right. So, Um, this one is going to be fucking, uh, I don't know. You guys might be on the fence on this one, too. But I I was stuck between two guys. Pause. But I'm just gonna I'm gonna go with um with Aaron Jones because I feel like Le'Veon Bell is a little easier call. So Aaron Jones, uh, Bogard, go ahead. Okay. Damn. Uh, I I want to say I'm against him, so I'll go with that. But I'll give you both takes real quick. So I want to say I'm against him because, like, he's another guy too with with Jamal Jamal Williams out for those couple of weeks. He definitely put a spike in his production. He literally had a game against the Cowboys where he had four touchdowns. So, like, if you take if you were to minus that, he only had 
at, he only had 12 touchdowns, right? We're not going to do that. Though. We don't play that game. Those counted. So he had 16 touchdowns, but he definitely needed to have four in that one game, right? When, when Jamal when – Jamal, did I say Jamal Adams earlier? When Jamal Williams – Jamal said Williams is there. He averaged 13 carries a game. He still got his targets. He's arguably – the, the, the number the best weapon outside in the passing game outside of Devontae Adams. But, man, in a, them bringing in A.J. Dillon, which will probably be a second half of the season guy that starts snaking goal line touches from him, we're going to really need a bank on his efficiency being what it is again. You know what I mean? And, like, I don't know. I'm just kind of against him. I'd rather have – you know what I mean? Like, to be honest, I, I, I argue with myself and Smokey knows this of ranking Le- Leonard Fournette over him or not. And I still have Aaron Jones above him, but something inside me that just wants to put Leonard Fournette above him. And like, I don't know, like if, if it came down to Aaron Jones or Miles Sanders, I'm taking Miles Sanders because they're kind of going in the same range. I could see that. I could see. I, I definitely. You guys know I love Miles Sanders. I'm all over Miles Sanders. But let's talk about Aaron Jones. Am I with them or against them? Oh, real quick. One more thing. It is a it is a contract year, so that's one thing I was gonna say because so, that always brings something out of these motherfuckers. You know what I mean? It is a contract year, but Matt Lafleur does not give a fuck. Yeah, he don't give a fuck. He give a fuck about Aaron Rodgers. He does he not give a fuck about Aaron Jones. And at the end of the day, yeah, contract year. I don't think Aaron Jones is going to do what he did last year. I don't think none of us do. They drafted A.J. Dillon for a reason. He is the future for that team. I am off him this year. I will get him only if, only if he falls to the back end of the second. Yeah. Maybe the middle of the second. I'm taking Eckler over him. That's where he's going. He's going like 2-6. Yeah, so like, you know, I feel more comfortable back end of the second with him. But I'm definitely off him. It's just regression is coming. We know that. Is he going to be involved? Yeah, he will. But so will Jamal Williams. So will A.J. Dillon. I don't trust this whole thing is going on in Green Bay with Matt LaFleur drafting these players. He's just rubbing the team off the wrong way. Take that however you want, Green Bay. Anyways, all I know is this. Aaron Jones, he will more than likely not be on my team. I'm going to stay the fuck away from him. Fuck Green Bay. And that's all I got to say about that. Yeah. I don't, even, I don't even want to talk about the Packers. This is Bears' show. Do we have to talk about him? Fuck Aaron <laughs> Jones. He's going to regress. Keep him off your fantasy team. That's all I got for you. Wow. Fuck. That, that's a fucking three to one. Shit. Yeah, you man. I had Aaron Jones last year. Um, I feel like I can – I feel like Aaron Jones would be a, make a fucking great RB2 this year, and I'll take him where he's going type shit. I'd like to, you know, pack him up with like. I, I'm not managing for that though. I got him at 13, so RB two. I hear that. Yeah, so for him to be an RB two, he's gonna regress. Anybody would from those numbers, but I don't think they'll regress um, as much as people think he will. Um, he's a PPR machine too, bro. It's just too much talent. I feel like he's way more talented than those other two guys there. So for me, no one, one too bad. Matt Lafleur doesn't feel that way. Yeah, yeah good point. I mean, and, you know, uh, A.J. Dillon, he's, like, his his, uh, phys- his physical profile is close to Derrick Henry. So, I can yeah, see that's why he liked him. The monster, bro. Yeah, I can see that's why he liked him coming out of uh, college. And, and, and being no coincidence, he, was, he spent time with Tennessee. 
So, he, you know, maybe that's him trying to get his Derrick Henry type, quote unquote. You know what I mean? That's a fucking that's a great point, man. Yeah. And to move on from, a, from, from Aaron Jones after this year. Exactly. Yeah. They don't yeah, want to be in that great. contract situation like we see yeah. the Vikings right now. You know what I'm saying? So they're ready yeah. to move on. Aaron Jones is not going to have any leverage next year. So are we good? Yeah, we're good. Yeah. Sounds good, yo. All right. So for Bogart, Scott Free, the bro for the GMM Network. For yeah. I'm a, I'm a real bro, bro. You guys already know. For Doc PLC, Fantasy Sweetness, this is your boy Smoking J. Catch us on the next one. Appreciate you guys. Make sure you guys are supporting us with that subscri- subscription, five-star rating. Let us know what we could improve on even. Let us know. Hit us up in the comments. We will come back at you guys next week with another fire-ass show. Much love. Peace the fuck out. Bear the fuck down, baby. <laughs>